great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are three minutes into the new day. And a couple of you have said to me, Dominic, discuss this topic. And so I'm going to try to deal with it uh, this morning. It has to be so tough to be a police officer these days in this climate. And if you want to know why crime is going up, here's the the simple solution that plays a solution, the simple reason that, that plays in this. And it's because we have let Black Lives Matter win and we don't have the backs of police officers. That's one of the major reasons why crime is going up coast to coast. And what I'm referring to is the Michigan police officer charged with murder and Patrick Leola's death. Well, that officer, not just being charged with murder, that officer has now been fired. So listen, Dominic, where do you stand on that case? A jury will decide the facts and will decide whether or not it was justified or not. But Leola was an African-American man who was killed at the end of a traffic stop. This happened April 4th. He ran. The suspect ran. It was a traffic stop again and physically resisted the police officer after failing to produce a driver's license. There was a physical altercation with the officer demanding of the suspect, stop fighting, stop resisting. And so this officer's entire world has been turned upside down. A few days ago, he appeared at a hearing uh, via video conference from a Calhoun County, Michigan jail the actual police officer wearing an orange prison jumpsuit and a disposable uh, face mask. And so for this officer, his career in law law enforcement is probably over. Mr. Layola is no longer alive. I just, I just wish that it didn't happen. I wish folks that Mr. Layola didn't just comply with the commands of the officer, I wish that the situation did not escalate. So the officer's lawyer, the heart of this case, claims that the officer deployed his taser twice and Mr. Leola gained control of that taser. And um, that's when the African-American suspect was on the ground face down, and uh, 
the officer discharged his weapon, hitting the man at, at the top of, uh, of the back of his head. So that's one, one situation I want to uh, deal with. Another one this morning, and folks, by the way, please download the 77 WABC app. And coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, our Carter Care segment, New York, as you all know, has a problem with mentally ill people out on the street. But I can guarantee you that if we had a strong criminal justice system, more than half of these things would not, emphasis would not be happening. If these suspects knew that they were going to Rikers for at least a week or longer, these things would not be happening. And so a man, an unhinged man, a few hours ago, yesterday, climbs on the New York subway tracks, delaying trains for an hour. 42-year-old man jumped down on the tracks just after 2.30 p.m. and was walking on the track between the north and southbound AC lines at the West 4th Street, Washington Square station. Eventually, emergency responders convinced him to climb back up. But EMS workers, firefighters, NYPD, and people on the platform yelled to the man. They even offered throwing down money to persuade him to climb to safety. The 42-year-old suspect was taken into custody after he jumped the tracks and this is what it sounded like when people tried to get this man, when they tried to get this man to climb back up. Life in New York these days where New Yorkers trying to ride the train, trying to go from one location to the next, are dealing with a mentally ill man that jumps down on the tracks, stops the trains for an hour, and they're trying to coach this individual to come back up. We are taking your telephone calls this morning, 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The third topic that we are going to deal with this morning, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th assault on the Capitol was continuing its work, and I, for one, will be so glad when their work is completed. Because, and I've, I've received all of your emails as it relates to my different positions on this uh, committee, but at the end of the day, this committee, and they're going to resume hearings again today, is, is doing nothing more than just dividing, further dividing an already divided country. President Trump on Monday issued a 12-page rebuttal 
basically uh, accusing Democrats of seeking to distract from a series of domestic issues facing the country. So the latest information that was uh, released was surveillance uh, footage on Wednesday showing GOP Congressman Barry Loudermilk leading a group of people on a tour of the Capitol complex the day before the attack with some of the guests documenting locations like staircases, security checkpoints, and hallways. Is that odd? Absolutely. It it is odd. But at the end of the day, if the committee is not going to be making a recommendation or referral to the Justice Department, what is the point of all of this? I don't see a point. Maybe, Maybe you folks do. Let's start with the uh, telephone calls this morning. I'm going to break down all of these uh, these three different stories that we are focusing on. Let's begin with, uh, let's go to Joe in Staten Island, on Staten Island. Good morning, Joe, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Hey, Dominic. How are you? I listen uh, every night on the way home from work. And uh, Well, thank you. I, called you. I called you three months ago, and I told you that... Uh, about the plane clothes. I don't know if you remember. You, you definitely take a thousand yes. calls. Yes, I do uh, remember. Well, I hate to tell you I was right. Well, wait now. The the plane clothes as far as the police? Correct, yeah. Yes, yes. I yeah, mean, in other words, you never, you never deployed the plane clothes. And I want to just say this. Um, policing in, in Brooklyn, it, it, everything starts with the small things. Like you have these. Yes roving bands of these motorcycles yes. That, yes. that disrupt and do whatever they want. And yes. they put it then somebody calls it in. They hit a kid the other day. Yes. This is the problem because you don't small you don't start with the small things. You started with the small things and you took the bikes from them and you made them realize that there's consequences for their actions. Right. They would lose the bike and then they would stop being able to terrorize people on the street. Do you realize when that stuff comes over, there's nothing they don't let us act. We can't chase them. We can't do anything. So it's it's a, it's a, it's an absolute open invitation to create chaos on the roads. And and Joe, I I I agree with you. When you don't crack down on the small things, they lead to bigger things. And uh, these youngsters feel that they have a right to do uh, practically whatever they want to do. And there's, it, it, there's it's, so many of us that want to do this job, uh, Dominic. We want to do the job. We love the job. But we all know deep down inside that if we act the wrong way, going back to how you started the um, the, um, the show, right? They're not going to have our back. Our PBA, you know, it's a joke. We haven't had a contract since 2017, Dominic. Five years. Five uh, are you serious, Joe? Yes, I don't know if you know that. We I, I did not. I did years. not know that the New York City PBA has not had a contract in five years. Think, think about think about the inflation that you discuss every day. Eleven percent. Correct. We've all correct. been making the same amount of money since 2017. Not, wow. not, we have we've had like one contract in my whole career, which is almost it's almost over. Thank God. You know it's 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 ridiculous. And if you my last point, I'll let you go. I appreciate the time as always. Really love the show. Think of how fast Hochul act on the um, on the, uh, the the gun bill. Think of all the terror in the streets all the time with with, with the revolving door with the justices. If she acted, if she really cared, this is why it shoots down the gun marriage. If she really cared, she would have reformed that bail reform as soon as she took took over from Cuomo. 
but she left it alone. She didn't touch it. And here you go. As soon as something populates the TV, like gun control, oh, oh, we're going to do all this and we're going to do all this. But think about everything else. All these people carrying guns, they're out the next day. I see it every day. It's a joke. Joe, 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 love you too, man. And thank you for your service. I just want to say this to you. Here's what I don't understand. Particularly as an African-American mayor, why can't a mayor say, I've had enough, we're not going to tolerate this anymore, and crack down? That particularly as a mayor of color. That's what I don't understand, Joe. And you got a police force that wants to do the right thing, but I I just don't get it. I thank you for the call, Joe, and uh, please be safe. Thank you uh, very much, and thank you for your service in law enforcement. Let's go to uh, Al before we go to someone uh, that was uh, on the uh, train platform with this mentally ill person when it happened. But let's go to Al in Yonkers. Good morning, Al, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, Dominic, thanks for taking my call. I always enjoy listening to your program. It's very informative. Uh, you know, I just want to touch base on what you said on the last topic of what you were covering for tonight. You know, the January 6th hearings, investigating on what occurred that day. Yes. But, you know, I never really realized until I've heard your viewers call in. And it's when I think about it and put things in perspective, it's really tragic that that woman who was unarmed, I'm not going to pronounce her name right, but I believe it was something to the effect of Babcock or Babbitt. Babbitt. Yes, you know. Ashley. That was That was somebody's loved one. And I think it's really, you know, a shame that, you know, that they have not done anything, uh, a thorough investigation in that case. Do you agree? I do. I do agree with you. Uh, I've I've articulated that point of view. The officer that uh, fired the shot says that he did his job and he felt that he had to fire. But anytime there is a loss of life, Al, I really am sorry about it. Just like the Michigan police shooting. I I, I know, Al, that um, certain parts of the community... They want to condemn this officer, have the book thrown at him. And all all I'm saying is, and I thank you for the call, Al. In Michigan, let's, let's let a jury decide the facts. Here is what we know. Here is what we know. And I want you to think about this for a second, folks. Just please, for one second, just for one second, I'm not pointing to right or wrong. But put yourself in the officer's shoes for just one second, if you can do that. And you make a routine traffic stop. And you approach approach the individual. And all of a sudden, this routine traffic stop goes very bad. The suspect, apparently uh, from another country, We don't know yet if there was a complete language barrier, but the officer is asking for license and registration and it's not being produced. And the, the suspect tries to run away and, and the taser is pulled. And we see, we see based on body cam video 
the suspect um, challenging the officer in a physical way. So now it's physical. So the routine traffic stop that you just made, you're now backup is not yet on the scene. It's you versus that individual. And he start the individual starts running around and there's a scuffle and we hear let go of the taser and then there's the fatal shot. All I am saying, folks, I'm, I, I am not proclaiming who's right and wrong. The jury is going to do that. All I am saying is that we, we have to look in any situation at all sides of the story. As far as the mentally ill gentleman that held up the trains um, yesterday, a few hours ago, Let's go to Tony in the Bronx. Good after good good afternoon. Good morning, Tony. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good morning, good morning. How you doing there? Pretty good, pretty good. Go right ahead. Uh basically, yeah. Uh I think my uh it's we have such a mentally uh we have such mentally ill problem in New York City. I mean, this gentleman just jumped on the track started walking up and down, um, and he was just talking uh, incoherent. And thank God that, you know, one thing about New York City that I that I do love is if we come together, you know, everybody came together on the platform, and we and we, we all trying to coax, coax them into coming back up, coming back up. So you were there, uh, Tony? Because the train. Huh? You were there? Yes, yes. Okay. So the train. The, the train was actually, uh, it was it was stopped uh, almost not midway, but it was in the, it was in the station already, and so the train was stopped, um, and people you know uh, uh, trying to coax him, and then I looked over and I saw that everyone else was trying to get involved because sometimes you you say to yourself you know I don't want to get involved, but you know everyone was trying to get involved and. And you see the police officers there, uh, and they, you know, they're doing their best to keep us from going into the tracks and trying to uh, pull him out because there were some people that were ready to jump in, and and I was one of them. I want to pull this guy out, you know. And hey, Tony, God, the cops did a. You yeah. are correct with your assessment that New Yorkers come together at, at a time of need, and and we saw that from the video. But what what I did not um, like. And I understand this is a mentally ill in individual, but it seemed like he was greatly enjoying his 15 minutes of fame. You were there, Absolutely. was he? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the more we told him um, to come up, to come up on the platform, the more he enjoyed, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the 15 minutes of fame that he got because he knew enough that when we, you know, we would tell him, listen, the cops are going to come. They're going to go down and get you. He knew enough that, okay, I'm now, now the show's over. Uh, you know, I got my standing ovation. Now he jumps on the platform and gets arrested. Um, so, you know, where do we draw the line with mentally ill? Because, you, you know, I think he was more of an attention seeker. Yeah, he might have some mental issues, but he knew enough. He knew enough not to touch that third rail. He knew enough 
not to uh, go too deep into the tunnel. And he stayed where everyone could see him. And the more we try to talk to him, uh, you know, the more he, uh, he, he, he just loved it more, you know, and he started really acting up more. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's a twofold uh, situation that way. He wants 15 minutes of fame and also, uh, you know, he might have some issues. Uh, so it's, it's a lot, you know, it, it's, and, and I think that, you know, there's gotta be, there's, there's gotta be more work done um, as, instead of just bashing the police officers and putting everything on uh, NYPD to solve every issue uh, that New York City has and blame, and, and blame NYPD if it doesn't go right. Right. Tony. And, and so, so. Go ahead, Tony. I, we, we just, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, and I could tell by the police officer that was on the platform, um, he looked like, you know, you could see he, he was concerned not only for, the, the, you know, the, the gentleman on the track, but for us, because he's looking at us like, okay, you know, uh, are you are you guys going to help support me if 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 you know I'm trying to hold you guys back? You know, you could tell that he's 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 got to watch his back, not only with the person that tracks, but I don't want him to feel like he has to watch his back with us, right? You know, the the community because we should be, you know, and I think that situation showed the police officers there that hey, you know, we got your back, we will help you if you need us, you know, and and, and so that was a positive note that I saw on the platform there today. Well, Tony, so, you know, thank you for the eyewitness account of um, of what happened on the sub- subway platform today. I thank you for the call. But, Tony, frankly, I am so disgusted at what we society tolerate these days. And it, it's like a, a broken record. The more you tolerate it, the more it's going to happen. And I am so disgusted at the police bashing across the country because Tony referenced the mentally ill man that's on the subway uh, platform putting on a show. And so folks, I want you to think about this for a second. So in an ideal world, in an ideal world, the transit authority kills the power on the uh, third rail in an ideal world. One of those police officers that we society are always bashing their industry, if they've got to go down there to get this man, and the train is, what, five feet away, stopped, right? And let's say there's a tussle that he wants 15 more minutes of fame. And let's say the third, the power on the third rail was not killed yet. That means we could be looking at a deceased officer because this mentally ill man wants his 15 minutes of fame and decided to do it on the tracks of a subway station, on the A train of all trains that runs express. The world that we live in today. We're going to focus more on the uh, police charging in in Michigan, and that officer has now been fired. We are going to deal with uh, Mayor Adams endorsing uh, Governor Hochul in the race for governor. There, it was a debate for lieutenant governor on the Democratic side tonight. A lot to get to in all of your telephone calls. We will be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic Carter here with you until 1 a.m. That's when Frank Morano and the other side of midnight will get underway. We are discussing a number of stories, a number of stories. I see all of your calls. We're going to get to them in just a second. But I want you to listen to the city manager in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've been to Michigan maybe five or six times delivering speeches. I've passed through Grand Rapids. And the city manager, his name is Mark Washington, explaining that the situation of not only is Officer Christopher Shore charged with uh, murder, but he's been fired as well. Based on his investigation, based on everything he has provided to me, I made the decision to charge Christopher Schur with one count of second-degree murder. Uh, second-degree murder is a felony offense. It is punishable by up to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Um, as it stands now, this is merely an allegation, and as with any defendant, he is presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. The elements of second-degree murder are relatively simple. First, there was a death, a death done by the defendant. And then when the killing occurred, the defendant had one of these three states of mind, an intent to kill, an intent to do great bodily harm, or the intent to do an act that the natural tendency of that act would be to cause death or great bodily harm. And finally, that the death was not justified or excused, for example, by self-defense. And so we don't understand why crime is so out of control. If that officer in this situation had simply looked the other way and ignored the apparent traffic violation, he would not be charged with murder today and fired. If he had just stayed in his car, his patrol car, and looked the other way. There's always two sides to a story. Always, always. And I don't know what the right answer is in this case, but we have to look at the other side and we have to stop all the police bashing. We've got to return to law and order, law and order. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. Good morning, Pete. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning, John. Thank you for taking my call. You know, I see an issue here in this country. The biggest problem that's going to happen, and it's already started, of course, is we have our southern border wide open. And I'm I'm going to get to my point very quickly here with this. Uh, And it relates to the shooting involved with the law officer in Michigan. We're letting all these people into this country. And here's the problem. When a law enforcement officer has to confront an individual, maybe not in this situation in Michigan, Dom, but down the road, and we're already going to see this, it's already started, these people coming in that are not vetted into our country that just walk across the border, 
It's called escal- uh, police and uh, civilian engagement and escalation of that, the situation, with people that aren't assimilated in our society. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand exactly what you're saying. What you're saying is that becomes the police officer's problem. Whether he or she wants it to be their problem, it's the reality of their job. Right. And, and, and Dom, at the same time, we have people like the squad and all the lunatics, the loonicrats, down in Washington and in, and in the state government and in Albany, New York, I live in New Hampshire, but I, I'm I'm an I'm like the owl in a tree as an observer, and I watch what's going on. And these people like this stuff; they 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 love this stuff because it allows them to escalate their end politically to make them stand out in the crowd. You you under you see the yes. you see the analysis. Yes, here, I, I do, Pete, and I thank you for the call. The analysis. Um, really applies to the situation I discussed with the uh, mentally ill man uh, at 2.30 yesterday afternoon who decides he's going to shut down or at least the A-line by putting on a show on the tracks. And I'm telling you folks with all my heart, I know, mentally ill or not, if they know that they're going to be locked up at Rikers or a psychiatric facility for at least a week, all of this nonsense will stop. All of this nonsense will stop. But the situation that we're dealing with now, it's it, it's it's just crazy and and it just it just creates more complete dysfunction. Michael in Manhattan, good morning. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hey, Dominic, a couple of quick things. Um I was actually on the A train, not that one. Um, but about two hours previous. But, okay, can you tell me or someone tell me why the police did not right away call this in, get someone like they do with a jumper from the uh, bridge, get a harness, and yank him the heck up? That's that's one point. The other thing is there was something that you, you missed, Dominic, That congressman was absolved. The police department issued a report. I I didn't miss Uh, it. I was I was going to come back to it. I just haven't had a chance to come back to the issue. But 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 you are you are correct. At first, the uh, the congressman apparently lied and said that he had not given a tour. But then he acknowledged it. And the Capitol Police determined that there was, quote, no evidence that Louder Milk led the group into the Capitol uh, for, for bad activity. So so he he was vindicated to a degree uh, by the Capitol Police. But, Michael, and I thank you for the call. You started out by saying, why didn't they just go down and yank him? See, folks, this is not Hollywood. You have to understand something. First of all, the police are communicating via their radio, so are, so are EMS, so are the firefighters. And until that power is killed on the third rail and they have a confirmation on that, there is very little that they can do. Who in their right mind is going to say, 
hey, you know, I'm I'm John Wayne. I'm gonna jump down on this track, right? I'm gonna wave my my uh, my rope, my lasso. Thank you for that, Matt. I'm gonna wave my lasso and and just pull this guy in, and we're gonna ride off into the sunset. What happens, folks, if the power is not killed? There's a struggle. Once you start struggling, just like in Michigan. Once you start struggling, no one can conclude how it's going to turn out. And then you and the individual fall onto the third rail. Then what? So it's not Hollywood. You can't just say, okay, you know, emergency services is not here yet. I'm Even if emergency services was there, there is a procedure, and I'm sure the procedure calls for trying to talk the individual off the tracks. But we have reached the point that if the system if if the if the system does not deal with these individuals we're going to deal with this on a on a weekly basis on a daily basis up next Roger in Massachusetts good morning Roger what's on your mind yeah thanks i i i saw about this for uh, two Roger are you there Okay, well, Roger, give us a call back because there's a uh, problem with your line. It cut off. Jennifer in Boston, good morning. Hey, Dominic. Um, I, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing up the subject of uh, Officer Andrew Scher out in uh, Grand Rapids. Um, I had mentioned it to you last week. I had you hoped did. you would. You I'm, did. I'm, 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 I just feel blessed you're there at night, Dominic. You're, you're wonderful. Um, thank you. And... Um, my heart is so heavy, Dominic. I heard the chief of police for uh, Detroit, they interviewed him. He's an African-American man, and he went over this cop's record. He said he was clean, um, no infractions, you know, no charges. Um, and he said he was very good. He got a lot of guns and a lot of drugs off the road. Right. Um, you know, off the streets. Right. So how many lives do you think perhaps he saves? Drugs right. alone, much less guns. Okay. So his great reward, you'll have to forgive me, my godson is a state police <clears throat> trooper and a Marine. And um, I think a lot of these guys, Dominic, they have, they have like the heart of a lion, but the soul of a lamb. And um, they want to do good. And at 8.30 in the morning, this officer at Grand Rapids on a rainy day could have sat in his car, like you said, maybe sipped a coffee, read a newspaper. But he was working, and he was doing what police have always done, what they're supposed to do, what we supposedly asked them to do. And um, this guy, this uh, Congolese immigrant, his, he showed his gratitude to this country. I don't know if he's legal or illegal. But his gratitude to this country, he had a domestic warrant out for domestic abuse. He's uh, been arrested and convicted three times DUI. God knows who he could have killed, a family, a little kid, whatever, okay? And here he is out again and fighting with an officer. And I told you once, we had an officer up here. Um, It was a traffic violation. He went to talk to the guy. The guy threw a rock at the officer. And I believe to this day, it was right when George Floyd's thing was happening. I believe the officer hesitated to do anything to that guy because he was afraid of what would happen to him, you know, charges. And sure enough, that rock caught the officer up here in the head, knocked him out. The guy came over, grabbed his gun, shot him dead, and shot an elderly woman sitting on the porch next door. And this is all from a traffic violation. So these guys are very susceptible. And the fact that these 
these people in Grand Rapids, are any of them out there fighting for us? These people that are charging him, mind you, was not involuntary manslaughter or even manslaughter, but second-degree murder, and there's no evidence of self-defense, really. I, you can hear him. He, and plus, he tried to use his taser on the guy. He tried to use a, a less lethal form. And, and you have to forgive me, Dominic. I'm sorry. I don't mean to raise my voice. It, it just, I don't, I don't understand who they think is going to want to be a cop anymore. Right. The cops are the bad guys. The, the cops are the perpetrators. Right. And if you watched any of the video from the courthouse, the way those cops are being treated by people in there, mm-hmm. them mother efforts and all sorts of disgusting things, and you're 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 defending a murderer. Well, you know what? I thank Andrew Schur because you know what? That guy and I told you the night that guy got shot that this this man Patrick Loyola or whatever his name is, the night he was shot, I called you. And I said, Dominic, we all have choices to make in life. That guy made a lot of bad choices. And, you know, what is that cop supposed to do? Should he end up giving his life like the cop up here did? And everyone around here, we still have our blue lights on for this guy, for this cop, who left a wife and a young child up here. And those two cops yesterday in Almonte, California, you know they were killed. Who can, who's going to know their name? But we know Dante Wright. We, you know, we know Michael Brown. We know every, well, everybody who's tussled with a cop or done the wrong thing. We know, we know their tragic, sad stories. But no one will remember Officer Joseph Santana and uh, Corporal Michael Paredes out there in, in El Monte. And yet we should. They left children. They left people that loved them. And they were trying to go to, to help people that they thought were in need. That's all they were doing. And, and I, I don't know. Just thanks well, for talking I, about it I, at least. I, I thank you for the call, Jennifer. Thank you very much. And um, to Jennifer's point, uh, I am one. And let me be clear. Let me be very clear. I am a very proud African-American. Very proud. I don't believe in excuses. I believe you keep going no matter what. But, folks, what's going on in society these days is that sometimes I feel feel almost like the world is upside down because in some of these cases uh, that Jennifer just cited, the alleged perpetrator is being considered a hero by society or spun that way, and if you're in a car and the officers say a a traffic stop and you try and drive away, Dante Wright, uh, it's unfortunate, it's tragic, but, you know, at what what point, (laughs) okay, What, what I was just trying to duck for political reasons is that in a in a regular scenario, those officers should not have been convicted. Should not have been convicted. But these days, you can't even say that. Because if you say that, oh, oh, you're a sellout. Oh, 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 it goes on and on and on. Instead of saying, you know what, th- 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 this is a brother, meaning myself, that grew up poor in this city without a father, a mentally ill mother. Let me, raised by his grandmother in the projects, let me let me seriously consider and look at what Dominic is saying. But no, in this day and age, the Democrats 
uh, right now, for right now have people of color so wrapped around their fingers. And it's like, um, it's the equivalent, and I am so late for this commercial break, it's the equivalent of no justice, no peace, meaning you continue to deliver those votes and we'll continue to keep telling you that racism is the problem of America. I'll be right back. WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table, this is Carter Cares. And I am feeling for all of us. You've obviously heard it by now. The Federal Reserve raising interest rates yesterday three quarters of a point, the largest hike in nearly 30 years Meantime, the rate hike for now is not having an adverse effect on Wall Street for now. That's the key word. The Dow closing up over 300 points. And I am just so glad for people like my daughter, Courtney, and her husband, uh, Evan. They bought their home in um, in uh, Warwick, Rhode Island, what, a year ago. And I'm just so happy that they have a fixed rate loan. And this was done a year ago because under this uh, uh, interest rate going up today, folks with an adjustable mortgage, beware, because your monthly payment is going to go up substantially starting next month. Let's go. Let's go right back to the uh, Telephone calls. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Roger in Massachusetts is back. So, Roger, what's on your mind? Yeah, well, uh, what's on my mind is about 20 minutes ago, someone brought up about uh, Ashley Babbitt. And I thought about this for a few months. And I hate to bring it up on your show, but and I, I've heard, but I've had no, you know, no other real opportunity. Um, if she was of another ethnicity climbing through the window of, let's say, the, one of the a courthouse in Portland or Seattle or police precinct in Portland, climbing through the window unarmed and a police officer inside shot her point blank like that, we would have had even more riots and more investigations and more trouble. I just wanted to get that out. Sorry to do it on your show. Well, it's okay, Roger. Um, Sadly, I I agree with you. Um, and And I don't say that lightly. But the political climate of the country today is to, I don't know. I honestly, I don't want to say what I was about to say, Roger. But the climate has got to... It has got to change. We, like I said a few minutes ago, we're upside down. You, 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 you have mentally ill people empowered to shut down a subway system. Empowered to just do it. Why? Because everyone knows 
it was what uh, rapper Flavor Flav of of Public Enemy that made that song Nine One One is a joke, right? Him and Chuck D. Well, guess what, folks? I don't say it lightly. I don't enjoy saying it, but the criminals believe that our criminal justice system is a complete joke. Larry in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Am I on, Dominic? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to try to Listen, basically, as far as that shooting in Detroit goes, we, we, have to get, we have to have cops being treated in a uniform fashion because when there's disparity in their treatment because of the politicization of these, of these, of these, uh, of these, of these killings, Okay, what that does is it demeans the image of cops, and it makes it oh, creates open season on cops across the country due to the perceptions. Now, in New York, and I'm going to say this: in New York, for years, cops were getting away with killing people and getting completely off the hook. I'll, I'll name two cases: Abidu Diallo and Eric Garner. Both of those cases should have been prosecuted. Now, I'm not saying the officers should have been sent away for a long time, but to get away scot-free, no. So then you have a backlash where somebody like Kim Potter, who's completely innocent, totally innocent. She made a, just a simple tactical error. She was in charge of doing too much. She was trading a rookie. She reached for the wrong side. It could happen to anybody. That's the same thing that happened in Diallo. In Diallo, they said, oh, we thought he had a gun. Well, it's no different than Kim Potter. So why is she sitting and the officers of Diallo are not? The point of the matter is not that Diallo should be sitting for a long time, but I, I, there's something fishy about that case because there was more than one officer on the scene. Okay, if one person could make a mistake, but not a whole, but not a whole platoon. So the point well, of the matter is, you know what I'm saying? Well, Larry, wait, wait. Let, let's go back. And uh, in full disclosure, and it's one of the things that I almost don't feel comfortable with, is I won state awards um, from the Associated Press and so on for interviewing uh, Amadou Diallo's mother when she came to uh, America. I was the first American journalist to interview her, and um, our interview was in uh, several uh, documentaries. And so I just wanted to say that so you understand that I played a major role in this case. Now, as it relates to what happened with Amadou Diallo, what the officers claimed, and um, and I'm just I'm you know maybe they have a point. I, it's not for me to say. I wasn't on the jury. Once the point I'm trying to make, Larry, is, and you may disagree with me, but it's easy to say. It's easy to say, oh, duck behind the car, and you know, and 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 just come up at this second and fire, and. You know, when the bullets start flying, and this was part of the defense, I forgot the exact name of what it's called, but one of the officers in Amadou Diallo believed that another officer had been shot, and then the bullets just start uh, just start flying. Larry, I thank you for the call. The one point that I would agree with is the political climate, right? So in today's era, if if a police officer shoots someone, for the most part, for the most part, and is there a protest, that officer is going down to at least indictment. And it seems like we're at the point where the facts almost don't even matter. If it is a contested police shooting in today's climate, that officer is going down. Why do you think, and here's here's how I define going down. 
meaning that you're going to be suspended from duty. There's going to be a criminal trial. You're going to be in the fight of your life. And if you're a police officer that we just heard from an officer at the top of the show, the PBA, New York City, has not received a contract, a new contract in many years. Who in their right mind is going to get out of the patrol car and get involved when you're dealing with situations like this around the country? Jules in Boston, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Mr. Carter, thank you again for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to comment on your last comment earlier about the divide that this country is in and the hearings may not be helping the divide. I would ha- I would agree with you wholeheartedly. The divide is there, um, and I don't know what to do about that divide. I also think, though, we need to recognize that even if the country is divided, we must, no matter what, get the truth out about the level of uh, dysfunction um, in the Trump administration as it relates to uh, the big lie, which, um, and I'm still kind of shocked that so many of your callers are falling into this idea that President Trump still won the election. And you often say, and I respect you for this, we deal in facts. And the fact is that the president did not win, and there's no evidence of that, and refused to accept that. So I just am sort of still feel like I'm living in a reverse universe, listening to some of your callers at times. And I don't know, um, I guess this is adding more to the divide in the country, but I do believe that the hearing is showing for people who really want to listen that the president was living in a reverse universe where he did not want to accept the facts, and the facts were pretty clear that he did not win the election. Um, And I just really hope that maybe your calls would just take a look not at whether or not he started the riot and all that. That, That's another – that's a whole other thing to be argued. I would agree with that. But just look at the facts about the election lies, because what I worry about, a Democrat coming in, a Republican coming in, don't like the results, can say to their – to their people who voted for them, I don't like the results, let's protest. And the same thing could happen again. People have to accept the truth, whether or not they like it or not. And I've always said that no matter who's in power, we must respect the decision of the American people. And the American voters, um, according to the Attorney General um, and everyone in the anyone responsible for oversight, said there was no election fraud that would make a difference in the election. I just would hope that people will accept that, including Mayor Giuliani, who um, has repeated these election lies. I understand he's an honorable man, in your opinion, and and he seems like a really nice guy. But as it relates to this, there's something wrong, and I wish you would call him on that. Well, Jules, I I thank you for the call again. As it relates to, um, and I'm giving you the abbreviated version because Frank Morano's standing by and we only have three minutes left. As it relates to Mayor Giuliani, um, he is an upstanding guy and he was an excellent mayor. And, you know, he believes what he believes and I have enormous respect for him. And and that's not going to change. But unfortunately, we'll have to continue that part 
another time. I'm going to bring in Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Dominic. So what do you have coming up? All right. Well, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, our friend Brian Kilmeade is uh, going to join us. We're going to chat about uh, some of the issues related to the January 6th committee because he's one of those people whose text messages was actually revealed to to Mark Meadows, the uh, Trump chief of staff, and others about what was happening in real time. So we'll ask him how he feels about his uh, text messages being sort of broadcast to the world as a window of uh, what was happening at that time. And we'll pick his brain and a bunch of other items in the news. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, so we do the Atlantic City report on Thursdays. And a uh, big day in Atlantic City yesterday, the casino workers took a vote on whether or not to allow their union leadership to authorize a strike. So we're going to talk about why a lot of these workers in the casinos are so ticked off and whether or not there is going to be a strike and what that means for everybody. Uh, China seems to be lying about uh, aliens, which we're going to get into, and a whole bunch of other st- uh, stuff, uh, some local political stuff that we're going to get into, and uh, we'll still manage to have some fun over the course of the next four hours as well. I look forward to listening to you in just about uh, three minutes, two minutes. Let's go to Alana, Frank, uh, in Westchester. Good morning, Alana. You're talking to Frank and Dominic. You know, you had a really, you have a really good show on tonight. Um, a couple of things I just want to say with this guy that just called. I think he's in his own unreal reality, because many, 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 many people believe uh, that Trump won, and the divide is not uh, not because we believe what we believe. The divide is because Biden is not putting America first, and look at the way they treat police. Okay. I mean, they don't, you know, no, Biden is not supporting police, and that's a disgrace. And Trump did. He Trump, he supported the military. He supported police. And this country is going to hell in a handbasket, you know. And I'm going to tell you one last thing. The auditors are miserable people that go after the police. Right. Well, I, I thank you for your telephone call. And, you know, Frank, maybe maybe tomorrow we can have the conversation about what's going wrong and how do we flip mm. this sentiment as it relates to the police. It's something that greatly bothers me. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight coming up right now. I'll see you folks again tomorrow.